Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, welcome to the afternoon here on Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. Uh, you've tuned in to the call, 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to two experts. We do it all in an hour on this Thursday, the 4th of August. Uh, our expert panel today, Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Mark, good to see you. Good afternoon. Henry Jennings from Marcus today. <laughs> afternoon to you. ASX 200 back at 7,000. And, uh, are we? Are the bulls back? Um, hi guys. Uh, well, the bulls are definitely back, at least for the short term. I've always kind of thought that we wouldn't have the V-shape recover. We'd have a more of a W-shape, kind of bouncing along the bottom. We bounced what nearly. 10%, I guess, from our lows back in mid-June. Tax loss selling taking precedence there. So it's been a pretty good performance. Technology doing very well. Results season in the US driving things higher. And I guess somewhat of a pivot from uh, central banks as well with those 10-year rates coming off, all helping the situation. How much gas is left in the tank? I'm not so sure. Uh, we've got our own reporting season coming up. So I think more important than the level of the index is actually going now down to the company level uh, in August yeah. as we go through the uh, the results season. Mark Gardner? Yeah, pretty similar view to Henry there, really. Um, 50% retracements around 70.33. So uh, that was a... You know, probably a secondary point we were targeting. Uh, we're certainly cleaning up the tail at the moment. Um, we held clients back from selling at those lows. Um, you know, sort of now, now having the uh, opposite problem, trying to pry it out of their hands, but trying to give them a little bit of perspective okay. in terms of... Um, uh, so what are you saying? Uh, you're saying if you've got any crap in your portfolio, <laughs> now, now's, the, now's the time to get rid of it. With, yeah. uh, with the bounce and just clean it up because we've had some we could have another leg down uh, yeah basically so and look I think it's going to be about 38.2 Fibonacci retracement in the uh, NASDAQ and slightly higher in the S&P as well so they are historically levels where you know they, it does tend to hover around for a couple of weeks and then if it's going to if it's going to take another down, downside mm-hmm. move it'll sort of turn down so essentially obviously a little bit tricky with the Australian reporting season yeah. um, um, but I sort of said on the close yesterday, for those clients, we're sort of trusting in our picks, our reporting season picks. Yeah. Um, cleaning up anything that, you know, some of those growth names that were really downtrodden around about that mid-June, um, some of them have recovered 50 to 100%. So, so those have got hit with the tax loss selling. And yeah, now bounce back up. And well, if you didn't yeah. do it back then, yeah. Look, I mean, you've you've ridden um, things like uh, ordinate down to five dollars twenty. It's now back at ten. Lion Town was at eighty five cents. Now at a dollar forty. Um, you can probably switch. You know, at least a portion minimum, if not all of those positions, into probably safer earnings seasons plays or hmm. more value picks. Um, and. Yeah, and essentially, we, you know, for those who are who actually are concerned that we're going to see it uh, turn down again, we're sort of buying a, a short. Instead of trimming the positions that we like for earnings season, we're actually putting on a short ETF hedge in, instead oh. and trusting in our picks. So, oh. uh, because there will be, as we've seen, a lot of those consumer discretionary, you know, the analysts got it completely wrong yeah. in the US, and I, I would expect that um, it'll be the same okay. case here. So. 
Uh, and unfortunately, they do report towards the end of the month, so or some of them even actually early September. So that's that's a long okay. time to, to ride that risk. So basically, just you know, really just trying to um, to shore up those portfolios. Mm. Um, Henry, uh, is that a a strategy you're looking at? Well, I guess reporting season is always a bit of a landmine season. It's always the danger that you're going to step on something nasty. Uh, I guess, you know, continuous disclosure has taken some of the sting out of the tail of that. Um, but we do continue to see, you know, sell now, reason later kind of reactions to uh, to a lot of these announcements. But we have, you know, for small caps and uh, resource stocks, which is where I tend to play a lot of the time, you know, we've had quarterly results come out in July. So that that is, um, you know, that takes a lot of the risk out of the situation. Those quarterly production numbers, those quarterly uh, sales updates, etc. Uh, we've also seen, you know, retail sales in Australia have held up remarkably well as they have in the US. So I think, you know, some of the um, the rumours of the death of retail and discretionary spending, we saw it with JB Hi-Fi, you know, I think they've been greatly exaggerated to some extent. There's mm. still a lot of money out there, still a lot of money uh, being spent in shops and online. We saw that yesterday. What will be the, the focus, I guess, of reporting season, of course, as always, will be the outlook because for a lot of companies, you know, they're, they're reporting results up till the end of June and things yeah. were still relatively okay up till the end of June in lots of ways. We hadn't seen uh, the the, uh, the rate rises really take effect and it does take a while for those rate rises to start to uh, to, to really push into uh, consumer spending you know, mortgages go up slowly um, you know we've seen the RBA move month on month but it does take a little while for that effect yep. to come in so it's it's all about the outlook I think yeah. is the yeah. uh, is the key to it yep certainly not a general rule of thumb at the moment is it? you've got to be very selective um, let's take a look at the stocks in the first half hour we're going to run through James Hardy Bass Oil uh, Ramsey Healthcare Credit Corp and Eagers uh, stock of the day I thought we'd take a look at the Centuria Industrial REIT uh, post year profit this financial year uh, with funds from operations seeing a 22% boost in line with upgraded guidance uh, shareholders will receive an 18.2 cents a share dividend. Uh, the reach occupancy rate is sitting just shy of 99% with an average whale, um, that's weighted long-term leases, uh, of eight years. Centuria was anticipating like-for-like -like income growth in FY23 thanks to strong market conditions. Uh, seeing modest gains this morning, it was down early on the announcement, uh, back up now. Henry, what do you think of the uh, Centuria industrial REIT? Um, Koshi, well, as you know, there's probably a little bit um, dull for my investment risk appetite, <laughs> the whole REIT sector, and uh, I don't really look at it too often. It's a very specialist sector. This is Australia's largest domestic pure play industrial real estate investment trust. We used to call them property trusts, and uh, yep. there were fund managers that basically their whole careers were switching between one to the other to just get that extra little bit of, um, of performance. Uh, th this is a pretty solid company, to say the least. I mean, it's, it's a market leader. Uh, industrial property, 99%, let's face it, 98.8% of uh, occupancy is pretty impressive. Um, don't seem to have been affected too much in the uh, the economic downturn. The, the problem that REITs have is as interest rates go up, 
uh, that does tend to uh, affect the cost that they borrow at. This is only 33% geared, so it's relatively lightly geared. But also the question is uh, with property revaluations, because a lot of the the, 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 um, the growth in REITs is from property revaluations. Now we're talking about house prices falling 10, 15, 20%. Now I know that industrial property is somewhat different, but you would imagine that it's still gonna come under a little bit of pressure with higher rates. So um, it's it's a hold, you know, six percent yield, not fully franked, but it's guiding, etc., to um, to seventeen cents uh, distribution for uh, FY23. Um, it's got great high quality assets. It ticks lots of boxes. It's just a bit dull, right. to be <laughs> honest. Koshi, I'm, well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you picked this one for me. Actually, well, we usually go for something a little more racier, uh, but a uh, bit sexier. Solid, strong hold. You know, okay. you know but it's. Um, Strong market rental growth, etc. Great occupancy, great right. management. It's just. But portfolios have a foundation of strong, sort of boring. Yeah, um, we can't. We can't no, all. It can't be twenty percent brain chip or something like that. You yeah. know. So. Uh, <laughs> in fact, Mark, on the twentieth, the reason I picked it, Henry, is because on the twenty-first yep. of July, uh, Mark was on with David Lane uh, from Ords. Both of them said uh, it is the biggest and the best of uh, the industrial REITs, was trading at that time at 10, 15% discount, uh, and both had it as a buy. So after it's reported... Well, nowhere. Uh, after <laughs> it's reported, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, look, I, it's, it's, it was up at 3.18 about four days ago. I think one of the Centurion office REITs reported poorly, so the others got hit in sympathy. Um, Pull back quite a bit. I, I absolutely stand by the buy, to even at 295 here. Um, they've got uh, so based on forecasts, the um, you know they're, they're expecting there's going to be three and a half million square meters of, um, of gross take up over the next sort of four or five years. There's only 1.3 million square meters available at the moment. Right. So. We're, they're expecting demand to remain high. This thing normally trades on a 10% premium to NTA. Uh, NTA is $4.24. So, right. And where the share price is right now is where it was a year ago. So even with those, even if property comes back, they've in the last year they've had a 1.6% revaluation to the upside, um, which is it, it's definitely slowing. That's for sure. But I mean, the the um, pullback in the property in the industrial property prices is largely priced then at probably and some. Right. So you know this one this one's a staple of um, you know for for clients just you know very very steady she goes as as. Uh, Henry pointed out, you know, we have okay. to have a little bit of boring in our portfolios. Um, so it's at a Henry, it's a thirty percent discount to its NTA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Okay. So uh, by well, somebody, somebody's taking a view there, certainly, because uh, <laughs> um, you know it, it's. <laughs> It had a big fall. It may well recover to uh, to its NTA, yeah. but there's certainly, I guess, some yeah. some question marks. I guess about the value of those tangible. Yeah, it's very it's very light gearing. Um, you know, their their mandates. You know, their mandate I think is tops out at fifty yep. percent gearing. They're only at thirty three. 
Okay. Um, their, their average weighted debt maturity is four and a half years. So, right. you know, we're, by that stage, according to some analysts, we might have a rate hike cycle and back down again. So right. who knows? Okay. All right. Let's get into the stocks that uh, you want us to take a look at. And uh, um, Henry, this is, uh, I suppose this is uh, too sexier. Um, Ian wants a view on James Hardy, the uh, big fibre cement <laughs> building products giant operations here in New Zealand, United States. States, throughout Asia, Europe, Canada. What do you think of James Hardy? Well, this is certainly uh, sexier than uh, CIP, Koshi, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, let's, you know, this, this one is, is pretty much a function and a derivative of the US housing market. And we've seen big falls in James Hardy. It's getting to the price. It has bounced off the lows, let's face it. But it has, uh, has fallen as the US housing market has slowed. Although there's not much signs of U.S. house prices actually uh, falling, so that that is a positive, and I guess with the bounce in the U.S. markets as well, uh, that is also a positive because it, you know, it makes you feel a little bit better about the world. It's uh, it's not massively expensive uh, in terms of uh, its PE. It's not a bad yield. Uh, it just does have that big, big U.S. dollar exposure as well. Um, there's a lot to like about this one, but it is a derivative of U.S. housing. And if some of the pundits are correct in terms of that U.S. economy really suffering, and we've seen you know, mortgage rates, 30-year mortgage rates in the U.S. pretty much double uh, in the last few months, uh, that has got to hurt. That has got to hurt. Maybe people don't renovate to sell, um, and that's certainly part of it. For me, this one is a hold. I'd probably be... I'd probably be looking at it to nibble away if it fell away again. It did have a bit of a bottom in June, uh, as did so many things, as Mark and I were <laughs> discussing earlier. But um, it, it's 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 yeah, it's a weird one. It's um, I struggle sometimes with James Hardy because of ethical things with the whole uh, let's let's go to Holland and uh, and re domicile and avoid all the asbestos issues. So that 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 kind of yeah. always sits in my mind. But it is a U.S. housing story, and if the U.S. economy does not well, it is in recession, that's, that's in theory. Um, but if it does not get any worse in the US, this could continue to recover. But um, for me at the moment, it's a hold, I think. Yeah, all right. For those midnight oil fans, this is the original Blue Sky Mine. Um, <laughs> what do you think of James Hardy? Yeah, I'd be a hold at this stage as well. Um, there's still there's still enough uncertainty out there that you don't really need to be playing necessarily yeah. in this space. Um, if if you wanted a small amount of exposure, something like maybe Brickworks might be, you know, it's a little bit more diversified with the, with at right. least a little bit of that exposure there. They had some pretty decent results recently, but look, it's a good, it is a good company um, for all the characteristics that that Henry said before. Um, obviously, the, with the US dollar higher as well, that that'll probably add to uh, add to the um, you know the. Their profits uh, on in an Aussie do, in Aussie dollar terms, but um, I, I'd probably would like to see you know the next six months unfold um, okay. and see if you can potentially get it cheaper. But it's you know if if we do end up having a um, you know a prolonged recession or you know and I think they've they've got a lot of projects in the US as well with fixed costs and um, mm. that they've signed on for contracts. 
prior to this inflation as well. So that's going to eat right. into their margin. Um, so yeah, at the moment, it, I'd, I'd just be a wait and see um, if if you think that you know this well, this recession is going to be very shallow and we're going to kick back up again. You know, like I said, something like I think um, you know Brickworks is is a pretty okay. decent option on you know as an alternative. All right. Um, now, Liz Henry wants a view on Bass Oil, small company in your wheelhouse. Um, uh, onshore oil production in Indonesia. Liz says, uh, uh, what's the upside? Is it worth a specky buy? Quote, unquote, from Liz. Um, Liz, I have to say, you know, it's a $9 million company. They're trying <laughs> nine? to... Sort of, yeah. Nine? Nine. Yeah. Nine? Not it, 90? It, no, nine. Oh, you kind of wonder why they bother, right. to be quite frankly. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, we've seen the oil price at 120 and this thing was uh, a little higher. They did do a capital raise at four and a half cents. They are trying to push into the Cooper Basin here rather than just rely on that Indonesian asset because uh, they're trying to push into the East Coast gas market and the shortage thereof to, to exploit that. Uh, Cooper Energy has actually got around four or five percent holding in this one. But the, the problem is not only is it a nine million dollar company, you know, the news agents downstairs to my office is probably worth more than that. But um, the, the problem with this one is it doesn't trade very much. Again, you know, there's not a lot of interest in this one. Doesn't trade an awful lot. Uh, even today, there's 63,000 shares traded, which sounds a lot, but it's four cents. Hmm. You know, that, that's that's really not um, not very impressive. So, you know, we've been through uh, an oil boom to some extent. We're going through a gas boom and it's still not really moving the dial. They have got an option that they, um, when they did the capital raise, they have got an option out there at 12 cents. Uh, that was a free attaching option. BASO is the stock code there. Um, and sometimes companies really try and pump up the stock price to get them to 12 cents over a period of time so they can get that extra money in. But it's only going to raise 600 grand, you know, so it's right. okay. hardly, hardly worth getting out of bed for. So not, not no. for me, liquidity too small. And I, and I, and I play in the small spaces, uh, but this one is even too small for me. If you're going to play uh, the oil and gas sector, there's probably better things to play, I have to say. Okay. Hi. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, nine million market cap, yep. super thin. Um, yeah, is a hundred yeah. different things you could do with your money better than this. Their listing fees must be huge compared with the size of the business. You've got a question why they're yeah. listed. Um, particularly, they've been listed for quite a while as well. So you know, it. Um, yeah, net profit has been declining. Revenues have been declining in a market where the oil prices rallied oh, okay. considerably. So. Yeah, yeah. I, you just do not need to be there. You will end up paying a premium to get in and a premium, and probably um, a premium to get out because it's so thin. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. it's just definitely not. All right, let's go uh, something slightly bigger, more traditional. Ramsey Healthcare, Mark, the big global healthcare company, 221 hospitals, 14-day surgeries, Australia, UK, France, Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, Italy. Um, employs 77,000 staff. It's huge, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, this one under takeover offer, um, yeah. which I, I think the initial bid was $88. I yeah. think it got to 84 um, As per, you know, our normal routine, we sort of, we got clients out of half, um, you know, right. within a couple of days of uh, that announcement, um, which is just a... 
Generally a good tactic. Um, it's drifted off now to $70 odd at the moment. Um, I've got quite a few doctor clients. They've um, who've dealt with you know primary health care and yep. Ramsey and things that they they like them as operators um, generally um, but I, I would you know there hasn't been a lot of news uh, mm. come out of this KKI bid um, it has gone quiet it, it has gone very quiet which is I guess is why it's drifted off uh, they, I, they they say that they're looking at pricing up the hospital the actual the assets uh, right. the property assets uh, which is why it's taking a little bit longer um, um, but I would, I would expect, you know, something of this size, there's been a lot of infrastructure uh, buying from private equity over the last, yep. you know, 18 months. Um, this is a non-cyclical, uh, you know, um, almost infrastructure, I suppose. So we've clients for a little bit of safety. Obviously, you know, we've had CSL rally back up to 300 bucks. Um, Sonic's probably our preferred in this space, but probably got a margin of safety, um, given the healthcare sector's probably rallied around about to, you know, as a, um, about four or five percent, which would basically, if the, the deal doesn't go through, they're probably around about fairly priced as it is. So, um, but obviously with an upside, if the, if, right. with an upside if the deal goes through. So we, for really conservative clients, we've just we allocated some capital there, thinking you know even if they bring the price down to say eighty two, you're still making you know twelve right. to fifteen percent. Um, and you know, there's some safety in that. You know, if the market does turn back around, um, so you do it as a buy. Oh yeah, yeah, I would at the moment. It's, mm. uh, but it does concern me that they haven't had that. Um, yep. you know, they had no, you know, no news is not usually great. But um, but we generally like that. You know, okay. the healthcare sector as it is, it hasn't really rallied um, anywhere near as much as the general market over the last couple of years. So. Um, right. And, and I think something like says, you know, most people have got a lot of CSL as it is. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's another big, you know, big, large, large cap option there for okay. you. Uh, Henry? Um, well, the barbarians are in ICU at the moment rather than at the gate with this one, with KKR. Uh, the, um, I, I'm with Mark. I, I can't, there's, there's a trade here. I, I'm scratching my head because the, uh, the, the the initial proposal, non you know, non-binding, highly conditional, et cetera, et cetera, was 88 bucks. Now, they haven't actually walked away from this. They're still doing due diligence. And I think part of the problem, well, Koshi, I guess part of the problem with Ramsey, forget the bid, is a number that you mentioned in your introduction, 77,000 people. Now, the problem is those people are getting, one, they're hard to find, so it's hard to expand, and also those people are getting more expensive. Ramsey is very big in the UK and in France and in Europe. They made some big acquisitions there, and I think that's part of the problem why KKR uh, are struggling to get their heads around really what it's worth. But you know what? If you're going to spend all that time uh, putting an $88 bid on the table, you're not going to walk away that quickly. And that's what they've done. They haven't walked away yet. They haven't officially walked away. So they're still rumbling around the background. The, the trade, the big deal that they were trying to do, and I think there was one big Aussie uh, pension fund that was looking at this, was to sell the property portfolio. Maybe they could sell it to CIP. Um, but sell the property portfolio and um, then they would um, create a sort of a trust, a bit like Bunnings do, oh, yeah. and they would lease back, lease back the, uh, the properties right. for the actual running of the hospitals and the healthcare businesses they have. So freeing up that, and I think that was, um, there's quite a lot of money tied up in that, um, in that property play. And there are, I think there are a number of people that are looking at that, but the whole European thing does complicate matters. I think uh, they will, KKR will be back 
Um, but I suspect they will be back at a lower price. They will adjust the price. And then we'll see Ramsey say, well, that's too low. We're not going to play with you anymore. And then they'll try and talk them up. And maybe they will meet somewhere in the middle for some sort of deal. But at $70, $71, you kind of think the downside's a bit limited from here. Yeah. And it is a relatively safe-ish play, relatively safe-ish. Okay. Um, what price would they be without the bid? <coughs> Excuse me, probably 67 68 bucks. And what yeah. price are the KKR going to come back? 83 84 Who knows? But for me, this one is probably a buy at the moment, mm. I have to say. And I keep looking okay. at it, and I'm tempted, um, but it's um, it's probably a buy for me. Okay. All right. And Barbarians of the Gators, Henry <laughs> uh, talked about great book and uh, movie as well. Um, uh, Mark Bryan wants a view on Credit Corp, uh, the big... Uh, uh, debt financing uh, business has um, uh, taken a bit of a hit. They reported the other day and said there weren't enough loan books around for them to go. Uh, big financial institutions have their loan book, uh, sell it to uh, uh, to Credit Corp uh, for cash up front, cents in the dollar, and Credit Corp get the debts in and, and keep up. Which is, you know, uh, you know, a fairly uh, different view to uh, what you know what the analysts are saying about oh. household finances. Like these guys can't even find distressed debt. So uh, it, um, didn't they say one of the reasons they're finding uh, can't find distressed debt because everyone's paying off their credit card? Yeah. So, look, my, my only thing with this one is don't, I don't necessarily mind the company, um, but obviously we're, you know, we're potentially in a, in a turn of cycle here. Um, Australia's had one res- you know, fairly shallow recession in 30 yeah. or in 40 years. Um, so it, you, you're really trusting in management to be able to execute because they're going to have to pivot their yeah. business model a little bit if we do start to say high distressed debt. Um, but it doesn't. That's good for them. But it does exactly. increase their addressable market. Yeah. So um, it, it will come down to selection for them, their ability, because yeah. realistically, we the default rate in Australia has been below half a percent yep. forever. Um, so they haven't really been tested uh, in terms of their internal processes as to whether you know and the and the credit rules as well. Obviously, you don't you know you don't pay off a small you know a small bill that goes on your credit no. rating in Australia. It's it, no. um, your credit scores with obviously with the uh, um, with all the with companies the now rating. you know yep. pooling their data um, and it has a pretty big effect on you. So. It's just, it'll be their ability to to be able to select the debt properly. So for me, probably a little bit of a wait and see to see. Right. But if you look, if you trust in management, um, you know, with more distressed debt, yeah, there will be a, big, a much larger yeah. addressable market. But um, as it stands at the moment, probably, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really move a hell of a lot either. So except for you know, the other days, it, forward PE is the same as, um, the you know, trailing. PE and the sector PE, the dividend's not great, so probably not no reason to be there, just as, as okay. it stands at the moment. So I'd put just have it on the watch list. Okay. Um, Henry, what do you think of uh, Credit Corp? They're, they've gone into the US as well, haven't they? Oh, are you on mute? Sorry. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure where Mark says they don't move a lot. They've gone from 35 bucks to 18 bucks uh, in the last year. So that, that's a fair old move. That's certainly more exciting than uh, SIP, or CIP oh, yeah. rather. So that, 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 that is a that is a fair old copying it yep. uh, move. 
And what's been interesting, I guess, is the stock price has been on a bit of a slide. You can see there it has bounced uh, from that 18, sort of 18 and a half dollar level back up to 23. Uh, it has been on a bit of a slide, even though we've had so much talk about recession. Yeah. Uh, and these guys, as you say, they buy these purchase debt ledgers, especially in the US. Um, it's it's you know they've got to find them they've got to find i guess it's a kind of a, a, a weird situation you've got to find good quality debtors yep. you've got to find guys that um can pay but won't pay or can pay at, you know at the, at the end of the day and will pay or at least will do a deal rather than people that have got no money and just going to walk away and that of course is a, is a far more prevalent thing in the u.s which is probably hurt them a little bit. The other thing that's hurt them, of course, is the fact that you've got 3.5% unemployment in the US, 3.8% unemployment here. Yep. And that does hurt. People are servicing their debts. Um, and that, that has hurt them as well. Interestingly, Macquarie still has an outperform on this one, but slashed its price target. This is a cracker. I love these when they do this. They slashed their price target from $37.80 to $24.90. Basically, because I think the $37.80 just looked too stupid for words. Um, so they had to get it more in line with where the price is. And they put an outperform back on the, well, kept it on the stock. Uh, because of the potential for um, one-off, as they call them, PDL, which is the Purchase Debt Ledger Acquisitions. It should be a bit of a business that does okay when we see a recession or we see people struggling with their mortgages, struggling to pay their bills. But that could take a little while to come right. through. And I, and I think the downgrade from management recently is enough to put it maybe on the watch list, but not enough to put it on a buy list. Uh, for me, it's probably still... it's it's. You know, we've got a few holds today, more than a Greco-Roman wrestling match at the Commonwealth <laughs> Games. But um, I think, you know, this is a, a hold at the moment. And let's see how, as Mark okay. says, rightly says, let's see how management does in uh, regaining our trust. Because it has halved right. in, uh, in the last year. Okay. Right. Back to the not, not moving outside of earnings season. It doesn't right. tear, And then right. it moves, then it will have a severe move and then it kind of ranges. So, sure. But uh, just to fill yep. in some context there. Okay. Um, Henry Murray wants to be on uh, Eagers, Australia's oldest automotive retail group. I didn't realise it started in 19, uh, 1913, about 200 new car dealerships throughout Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Nick Polites, the, uh, the car key. King has been upping his stake in uh, Eagers over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, this, this, I mean, this one's done very, very well. It's been a great performer, and I don't see any reason why it shouldn't continue to be a great performer. Of course, it got sold down uh, in the June mayhem that uh, you can see there from the chart bottomed mid-June, as did lots and lots of things. Since then, we've had a bit of a market update as well from, from these guys, and it seems that our appetite for new cars is insatiable, and the supply for new cars is not insatiable. I'm not sure what the um, the opposite of that is, but it's constrained, shall we say. So getting hold of your new Toyota Land Cruiser, etc., is quite hard work. Um, but these guys are doing pretty well out of it. It's trading on an 11 times one year forward PE, so it's not exactly expensive, and that's a long way from its five-year average. So I think there's more gas in the Hilux tank in this one as uh, as people do upgrade their cars. It has been uh, a COVID winner. Uh, to some extent, and I think it's going to continue to do so in that space, especially once we're all, um, you know, we're all 
uh, airline travel tripped out, we're going to go back to uh, to car trips again. And I suspect um, the new family car is high on the agenda, especially as we go towards electric vehicles as well. So uh, I, I like this one. It's pro Even though it's bounced, I think there's more gas in the tank. It would be a buy, but it was obviously a much better okay. buy in June. Yeah. Uh, Mark? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the business at all. Um, there's, you know, it's a little bit confused. There's very different opinions on this from many analysts. Obviously, the, uh, you know, they're, they're involved in servicing and things as well. Um, so some people are saying, you know, the rise of electric vehicles may it may hinder that because there's not as much servicing costs, etc. Yeah, that's a long way off um, as it stands. They've got some pretty good prime real estate that a lot of these car yards are on as well. Um, it, yeah, they've they've had a they had a really nice bounce out of uh, out of those COVID lows. Uh, we we've had this on previously. I think it was a reporting season play for us last year. I think last March, um, and we've been out. I haven't looked at it a great deal since. Um, obviously, it has moved around. Those June lows around nine dollars yeah. were were obviously pretty extreme. Um, I'd just be watching at the moment, but the semiconductor uh, shortage is sort of starting to ease. Um, I think that there's a, there's a lot of factors that may yeah. that may bring some buoyancy. Nick, Nick Polite is upping at stake. Is That's, a good time for it. Yeah, he's a fairly shrewd uh, operator, so yeah, yeah I, I would I would say that that's um, and particularly someone who's. You know, got a got a very good track record within yeah. the industry. Um, I think there's, you know, that that's not not insider buying, but that's yep. that's that's um, no, it that's certainly sort of is people not. in the know. Right. Um, yeah. the, you know, who, who are very familiar with the industry. So, you know, yeah. apart from the roosters, I'm, I'm I'm very happy with his track record. But, <laughs> the, um, but yeah, at these prices, it's had a pretty pretty sharp bounce. At these prices, I'd definitely be holding it. Um, right. Maybe, and I'm just a little bit wary of where the index is bounce back to overall okay. and, and and a little bit cautious for the next month um, or a month to two months so maybe try and pick this up a little bit lower but definitely a hold I like the company okay so. all right let's recap the uh, the first five stocks and our stock of the day which uh, was Centura Industrial REIT a hold from Henry a buy from Mark uh, James Hardy a hold from both uh, Mark and that sector prefers Brickworks Bass Oil too small a no from both Ramsey Healthcare a buy from both uh, Credit Corp hold and watch from Henry a no from Mark and uh, Eager's a buy from Henry and uh, a hold and a watch from Mark. Here on the call, we've been tracking uh, the call's High Conviction Fantasy Fund as picked by Investment Committee. Latest episode of the committee meeting is up live on the platform, osbiz.com. Let's uh, check a portfolio update. So uh, heading into August, Ordinate was removed. The investment committee sort of agreeing with comments. Uh, Mark a bit bit earlier, take your profits and run on that. Uh, and Oz Minerals was added. Uh, the committee also upped, uh, upped its, uh, the size of its Woodside holding as well. Henry Jennings, of course, part of the investment committee. Uh, we'll update you on the portfolio, how it's travelling a bit later in the week. Keep sending your requests through here to the call because that's the first filter to get up. 
At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. To the investment committee. Uh, this half hour, catching up, uh, we'll be covering Pilbara Minerals, Capital Health, Redbubble, Block, and also Stockland. Uh, Henry Jennings, Richie wants a view on Pilbara Minerals, the uh, uh, the lithium miner. Uh, hi, Richie. Uh, yeah, anyone that follows my stuff in the uh, in the newsletter will know that I am a Pilbara. Fan. I am a lithium fan. Um, it's the, these stocks have bounced extraordinarily well off that June low, almost like tech stocks to some extent. The, the great attraction of Pilbara Minerals is that it is producing now. It is yep. selling that wonderful white powder, the lithium powder now. Uh, and that is a big plus. There's lots of promises about tomorrow and 24, 25, 26, and there's lots of guys out there. But the truth is that there is a lack of supply of a critical metal that is going into electric vehicles for the next two years. And Pilbara is tapping into that. They've just completed their eighth auction, uh, the BMX Bandit auction, uh, which is the, um, they have an auction for the kind of the stuff that they have left over from their long-term contracts. And again, another really impressive price they got for that that's um they got a seven thousand and twelve us dollars a dry metric ton wow. or spot spodumene uh that that is pretty good i think that was around three to six percent higher than the last auction as well so that that is a, a pretty impressive result and as Oscar Wilde once said, you know, the rumours, it wasn't actually Oscar Wilde, it was Mark Twain, but the rumours of the death of lithium has greatly been exaggerated. And these guys have had some production problems. They have had issues uh, getting staff, as have lots of Western Australian companies as well. But that is, I guess, going to be resolved over time as COVID uh, hopefully uh, becomes a dim and distant memory. So I, I think this one is still a, a, a very, very solid buy mm. and if you look at where the spot price is for lithium and the prices they're getting in the bmx auctions which is i guess the, the, a, a very real-time guide to the demand they had 67 bits mm. um for that uh, that spot spot you mean um that they uh, they were selling uh, 67 bits that's pretty strong demand yep. and you put the sort of the spot price in at the moment you will get a valuation way 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 above where they are now and of course that's not something that people can rely on because things change but these guys are producing i like this one um it's kind of okay. a core lithium stock to own yep and the uh, the BMX Henry was talking about has got nothing to do with the uh, the bandits, but uh, stands for <laughs> Battery Kibben, Material no. Exchange, which is the yes. platform that they they sell them on. But uh, yeah, it is impressive, Mark. Yeah, no, it, it, that uh, auction platform is is genius, really, and it gives a mm. lot of transparency. Where um, you know the, the the lithium stocks really got hit on a Goldman Sachs report, but you know yeah. you go in and you, you could almost reading the uh, a couple of the updates recently the CEO almost sounded quite irritated at the uh, that's at that speculation but um, and that the, the amount of bidders for that is up by 50% from the last auction and then wow. which was up from the previous so 
The demand is definitely not drying up at all. I, I couldn't agree more with Henry. This is this stock is the most overweight stock I have for, across my clients. Um, Even at these levels, it's had the bounce. Oh, it's absolutely. This has right. really only recovered what it got from you know from some speculative report that. Uh, so I, is this the pick of the lithiums? Oh, it is for me at the moment. Look, I, I didn't mind having some Lion Town and things on, obviously, but you know the uncertainty. I've sort of switched back out of Lion Town on this bounce. To get into more certain, you know, a little bit more certainty. But Alcom's pretty, pretty decent as well. Yeah. Um, they're probably a little bit further ahead than Pilbara, um, but you know, they're 90% margins. Even if they've got to go and chase staff, it's not going to, yeah, yeah. not going to hurt them too yeah. badly. Like their margins are so fat that it really doesn't. Um, it's really, you know, rising prices is not really going to um, affect them a hell of a lot. Um, their capacity increased by 57 odd percent last right. quarterly update. The shipments up 118 um, percent. And as Henry, you know, pointed out, they're producing now. They're they're, they're taking advantage of, of as much as they possibly can. Um, I don't think we'll see a dividend necessarily from these guys anytime soon because I think they'll they'll be focusing on trying to expand right. production as much as they possibly okay. can. But um, definitely right. a buy for me. So Pilbara and Alcam in this space for you, uh, Pilbara Alcam for you, Henry, or both. Um, well, that's a bit like the little guy from uh, El Paso, isn't it? The taco kid. Why can't we have both? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yes, OK. You know, All right. Good yeah, answer. There, there's, a, there's, there's a bunch of other ones as well. I, you know, I, I think if you concentrate on the ones that are actually benefiting from the high prices at the moment yeah. rather than the high prices promised tomorrow, I think that that's where okay. my money is is focused. Core Lithium, I own that one. PA, that one's coming on stream in the uh, the fourth quarter of this year, um, and ramping up production next year. So that that one's okay. all been quite good as well. All right, uh, Mark Yaz wants to be on Capital Health Group, uh, Victorian medical diagnostics company. Uh, Yaz says, uh, uh, would you see this as a long term hold? I uh, didn't know a lot about this one. Um, obviously, it's fallen away, you know, with the rest of the market um, in sort of recent times. Um, yeah, look, it's it hasn't it hasn't got a massive market cap. Um, it's it's pretty middle of the road, really, in terms of uh, you know PE. Trailing PE, dividend, forward PE, and against the sort of sector, um, I'd probably rather go with the bigger players yeah. uh, at this stage, just with a little bit more of a level of certainty. But um, but yeah, it yeah, I, I didn't know a hell of a lot about it because it, it, it just obviously we're we're a little bit more focused on the larger it's caps, mainly but, regional Victorian and Melbourne. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it could be a potential takeover target at some stage, right. uh, I, I suppose, but. Um, not something that you know the dividend yields sort of 3.6 it is difficult to get yield yeah. in the healthcare sector but we probably prefer something like you know monash ivf which is a good if you're going right. to go in that smaller end of the healthcare sector because it's a, it's got a higher uh, a higher yield and probably a little bit more of an um, okay. expansion plan um, and they they act, made a couple of sort of clever acquisitions in the COVID lows so but yeah it's it's a, just a pass for me I think generally okay. it does nothing really massively excites oh. me about it so uh, Henry does it excite you um, not in the same way that Pilbara does I have to say David <laughs> uh, uh, Capital Health I, I guess you know the, the, the problem for these guys you look, you look at the charts think, oh that's a bit of a buy but then you look at where it's sort of High point is it's 34 cents. It's 28 cents now. You're really going to stuff around for that kind of? I, I don't know. It's for me. 
Um, at the moment, it is more of a buy than anything else, only because we are seeing elective surgery coming back, uh, diagnostic testing obviously coming back. That's a, you know the elective surgery. If you're going to be allowed to do elective surgery, then you're going to have to go to get your CAT scans, all your other scans, etc., which is where these guys are placed. But equally, again, it's, it's you know we're, we're constantly reminded every day in the media about the shortages of staff everywhere, um, especially in the healthcare sector. You know, nurses quitting, can't put up with things, and, and not, the ones that are hanging around, the the, uh, the cost increase from uh, higher salaries and remuneration, etc., that does weigh on them. So I, I, you know, there's certainly some headwinds, and if we do see the economy come under a little bit of pressure, are we going to see people rushing out and getting expensive scans and then going for expensive elective surgery, which you know a lot of private health insurance does not cover all of it, and it still mounts up those costs. So um, it's more a buy than anything else, but it's yeah. going to be, a, I think, a, a long road back to uh, to rosy cheeks for this one. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it's I'm going to say it's a buy, David, only because it's fallen a long way and hasn't okay. recovered, and we are. We are seeing a return to elective surgery, but it, it just just be a little bit careful about okay. uh, the economy. If it falls away and we do see higher costs in the sector, that will hurt. All right. I think you talked yourself into it, just in that answer. <laughs> I did. I did. You're right. I did. I, did. I, I, I actually started off as a, as a buy in my mind, and then I talked myself out of it. Then I talked myself back, back into, into it. into it. Yeah, I love there the way go. that you think. Um, all right. Matt wants a view, Henry, on Redbubble, the uh, uh, global online marketplace for artists and uh, um, sort of artists to, and people to do their t-shirts and face masks and homewares and artwork. Uh, Matt says, um, what's your view on it after the uptick uh, following the Etsy's uh, good report? Um, and um, they've come out of court. Uh, Hell's Angels took them to court, which is, you know, <laughs> want to get off side with them. those boys. <laughs> for, for, for using, uh, someone using their logo to uh, print stuff. It'd be one of the first times they've been the plaintiff, not the defendant, yeah, I suppose. Henry, right. uh, what do you think of Redbubble? Well, you don't want to make an enemy of the Hell's Angels, no. do you? I, I would say that you probably didn't want to go to court yeah, against them. That you would be worse hope, than ASIC. Yeah. It, it, it would be. A, ASIC don't hit you with a pool cue. Um, <laughs> well, generally they don't. Uh, Red Bubble, I, I guess um, they did very well during COVID, yeah. mainly because they made, uh, they, you know, they put artists work on face masks and they did huge amounts of business in that and there were people stuck at home you now in their jimmy jams uh, buying cool and trendy t-shirts and buying these cool and trendy masks for when they were finally allowed out they have had a little bit of a, a, a bubble up if you like on the back of that etsy result as you say it's it's kind of you know it's one of those um it's one of those very volatile tech stocks, let's face it. And we have seen the NASDAQ rally, what, 15% off its lows. We've seen our tech sector rally quite nicely as well. This one hasn't really joined in too much as yet, but it's one of those go-to, let's chuck some money at the tech sector. Oh, what shall I buy? Oh, Redbubble, Temple yeah. and Webster, you know, 360. You, you look through, there's a, there's a whole list of, uh, of past miscreants that uh, you, can, uh, you can lob money at. Um, for me at the moment, I think this is a hold. Um, you know, rising interest rates, we've got uh, squashed margins to some extent, the whole mask thing's over a little bit. Um, I think things are slowing up. The, the business model's a bit 
interesting in some respects uh, as well. Uh, it does, you know, allow artists to put their stuff on uh, on, on face masks and, and t-shirts, etc., which is great. But I'm just not convinced mm. that it's a long term. Okay. Um, it's got enough moats to make it worthwhile. Not for, not for me. Um, Mark, the fa- fans of it says it's got a lot of money in the bank and is a natural acquisition for Etsy. Well, look, I, it's not really a space I've been paying a lot of attention to. Um, you know, it did sort of, in my mind, it's, it kind of had its time, obviously, yep. with, the, with the face mask, etc. I've used it. it um, you know, it's a great concept, don't get me wrong. Um, their costs have gone up quite a bit as well. I think yep. they, you know, obviously with the rise in the share price and uh, making great money, they've gone and hired a whole heap of staff, which may or may not have been, you know, absolutely necessary. Um, in the retail space, I think there's better options at the moment, um, particularly uh, how downtrodden that sort of sector has been. But um, but as Henry says, I, yeah, for probably more of a trading stock at these prices at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's it's not not, for you. not really for us. Okay. No. All right. Um, Mark Harold wants a view on Block. Uh, Harold says thoughts on Block, uh, considering all the zip slash sizzle dramas of course mm. block is the um, um used to be square uh bought after pay merge the two together rename the company block yeah there's uh, the u.s operation um has a lot of different moving parts um they've uh, you know you a lot of people are even using their product now as you know as their almost their, their bank account um in a way there's um, a lot of crossovers it's a super competitive space, particularly the buy now, pay later part. Um, everyone's got it now. Um, it's again, it's not really something. It's not a space we've necessarily been focusing on. It's for us. It's probably a little bit more of a trading stock. We we sold our afterpay on, on the takeover um, as it was. Uh, we thought you know that you know enough was enough. Um, and we've been actively getting, we were actively getting people out of Zip. There's only right. the uh, the true believers with that left on uh, amongst the macro clients. So, it, it, yeah, I just don't need the stress at the moment, considering, you know, it was only seven weeks ago when, you know, the world was ending. Um, and this thing was, you know, would have been down uh, around the $84 mark. So... And and a lot of clients have said, oh well, if I dollar average there, but I mean, they they probably started dollar averaging much much right. higher. So yeah. it's it's not it's not something we're we're generally focused on. It's more of a much a buoyant a buoyant market stock really. Um, but yeah, it's we we probably just be a pass and avoid for now. Okay. Uh, Henry. Um, yeah, I mean, Block is very, uh, very volatile. It's run, as Mark says, 50% from its lows. Um, I, I think the whole buy now, pay later thing is a little bit of a, a, a sort of a diversion for Block. Uh, being the square thing, they're the guys that have the booping as well. You can, uh, you know, that, that small retailers and small businesses have the square uh, that they can uh, do the point of sale, charging, etc. Uh, and buy now, pay later integrates into that. Mm. The other thing that Block has, uh, which uh, some people may or may not know, is of course it has quite a big exposure to Bitcoin. 
Uh, and it's no coincidence that as Bitcoin has rallied off its lows and the whole crypto crypto collapso has uh, has has not happened, uh, at least not in Bitcoin, then we have seen a block rally as well. So frequently you'll see a, a move in Bitcoin yeah. or the digital currency space, and you will see a similar move in block. The U.S. consumer demand is holding up pretty well, and that that's the big key to this one. And I, I noticed on uh, CNBC this morning they were talking about uh, a very large option. Sorry, I shouldn't mention that. Um, but a very large option uh, trade that had been taken out on the back of uh, Block's results, which are coming up very shortly, if not tonight, I ah, think they are out. Okay. So, so we could have a big movement in, in Block, but it's certainly recovered really well. It, it's very much a U.S. stock these days. Uh, you know, Afterpay was the big push into the U.S. for uh, for the Aussie company. And look, Square uh, was is, way it, much bigger than Afterpay, wasn't mm. it? Um, oh yeah, afterpay was an afterthought. Yes, you know oh, yeah. it, it. It really was an afterthought for them in terms of just the ability to tack on uh, that uh, buy now pay later to their already uh, you know their point of sale and consumer offering that they were doing. And as Mark says, you know it's almost like a bank account. Yeah. Uh, so that buy now pay later fitted in really well. But Jack Dorsey uh, has been very keen on uh, the whole Bitcoin and digital currency situation. So it's no coincidence that this one has rallied as has Bitcoin. Um, okay. But um, yeah, the results tonight all important. But you know what? It, it could, it, it's going to be volatile. It's a great, probably great trading stock uh, and a, a serious reflection of NASDAQ. And if we continue to see NASDAQ push ahead, you know, we will probably mm -hmm. see block push ahead. So, okay. um, but yeah, it's just too complicated for me. I'm not a U.S. analyst. Right. Um, it's listed here, but it is a U.S. business. That's why. Okay. You can do share trading and all sorts of things on on the in the, the U.S. version as well. So, mm. it, you know, it's a yeah. it's a product to keep, keep an eye on. But at this at this point in time, just I mean, VIX is we, we're at ten week lows in the VIX, but we're still above twenty. Yeah. Like it's there's certain. And you know we've we've had some really big moves lately. So you just you just if you if you like it, you certainly need to be careful because it, this right. thing will whip around. Okay. So. All right. And our final stock, uh, Mark Tanya wants a view on Stockland, the uh, big property organisation, uh, diverse retail, office, everything. Yeah, uh, fair bit of retail in there, which is not really something that we would, you know, we're not that keen on at all. Um, I think we'll, it'll still be a while before we see them. You know, we've we've had the reopening, but whether well, we still haven't really seen the results of whether um, you know rent you know uh, renters will basically yeah. for those retail spaces will still you know they've probably never asked the question to renegotiate their rents in the past, and um, maybe they're in the habits of that. That might bring margins down. It is fairly cheap. It yields pretty well. Forward PEs way below the sector PE, so it looks fairly cheap. Um, it's just more so yeah, charter hall, long while rate is probably or CIP would be my two preferences right. in the space. Um, you know, I mean, Waypoint was, but it's rallied now. You probably wouldn't be buying it up here, but it, um, but yeah, it's yeah. There's better options within the sector, but it uh, that retail. I'm am still a little bit wait and see on the retail, but obviously, so you know, where the forward PE is sitting here at the moment, so mm. so is the market, so. If um, yeah, I definitely hold it uh, if you've got it, but um, I think you've got better options within the okay. within the rate sector because the, the industrial's just got that underlying um, tailwind of there, but just being a severe lack of, of, yep. of actual available space. So you, if if interest rates do go higher, that's 
that'll be the one that's going to fall the mm. least. Um, whereas, you know, if interest rates go higher, if it's something with as much retail exposure as this has got, obviously the shops will close as well. Yeah. There'll be defaults and things. So, but it's a well-run business generally. Um, so, yeah, it's a hold if you've got it. Uh, Henry? Uh, I'll make it simple. It's a hold. I guess it's in a bit of a sentiment hold at the moment because of the fact that it's got quite a lot of exposure to residential, yeah. and and we all know the problems with that. It, it's it's kind of, you know REITs in general, property trusts were designed to be you know kind of dull and boring. It was designed to be a way that you could own an office building without having to buy the whole building. You could just buy a bit of it. It's got a pretty decent yield. It's not expensive as Mark says. It does have that residential exposure, which I think is a bit of a handbrake on it at the moment as we're seeing rates rise um, but we could see an improvement in the fourth quarter there's a bit of project timing in there as well um, it's hard to get excited about it but equally it's hard to be Debbie Downer on it as well so for me it is it is a hold but um, you know they're, they're in retirement living as well that mm. there's a very it's broad a but yep. yeah it's, it's, it's a very diversified uh, real estate investment trust uh, good yield Good management, uh, but it has got that residential exposure, which is a bit of a handbrake. Uh, for me, it's a hold at the moment. If you've got it, no reason to sell it. If you're looking at uh, REITs generally, there's probably sexier ones to play. Goodman Group is still uh, the class act, I think, in the, in the sector and uh, obviously has, a, again, a lot of diversified exposure, especially towards logistics centres, and they don't build too many of those anymore. So, um, you know, it's got a bit of a monopoly right. position there. So uh, I prefer Goodman Group, but this one, yeah, nothing wrong with it. Good yield, cheap. Okay. Yeah. And if the REITs sector rallies, Goodman always outperforms really nicely. So, oh, okay. So if you're expecting a massive recovery in that REIT sector, I mean, Goodman's, yeah, it, it, uh, it tends to really do very, oh, very well to the upside. So, you know, if, uh, yeah. It's been a bit quiet the last few months. It has, well, so. yeah, it has. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, it is, it does move a lot more than the others within the sector. Okay. So in more buoyant conditions, we, we quite often will switch out of CIP between CIP and uh, Goodman's. Um, right. And, you know, but Goodman's generally for us is a okay. more buoyant oh, market. Good tip. All right, let's recap the final five stocks this half hour. Pilbara, Pilbara a buy from both Henry and Mark. Uh, Capital Health, a, uh, uh, Henry talked himself into a buy <laughs> uh, on that one. Uh, Mark is a no. Redbubble, a hold from Henry, a no from Mark. Block, a no from both. And Stockland, a hold from both. Henry Jennings from uh, Marcus today. Good to see you, mate. Thank you kindly. See you guys. Uh, Mark Gardner from Macro, always good to Thank have you, you in Brangaroo Studios. Uh, if you'd like any stocks um, that are of interest to you, for me to put to our expert panel, put them in an email to call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. You can see all the stocks in the calls fantasy portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Small caps coming up after this.